1: Jordan and Jake. Powered by Ortho Carolina. The stops. He throws it across field. Guess who?
0: Jordan Gross.
1: Here are your Panther Hall of Honor members, Jordan Gross and Jake Delome.
0: Jordan and Jake here, as always, the Jordan and Jake podcast, and we are powered by Ortho Carolina. When it comes to your orthopedic care, choose better by choosing Ortho Carolina. With over 40 locations throughout the Carolinas, you're never far from one of the nation's leading providers of care for joints, muscles, and other orthopedic injuries. When things look bad, it's important to know you have a choice, but there's only one better choice Ortho Carolina official team physician of the Carolina Panthers Jake DeLone how you doing buddy
1: i'm doing outstanding jordan gross how are you
0: <laughs> i'm i'm doing really well i'm i'm actually uh recording from an ultra secret location south of the border on a little getaway with my wife in mexico so things could be much worse for me
1: well uh, that's the life you lead when you're a big timer like you and uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm envious of uh of you but uh hopefully you and dana are enjoying yourselves
0: so well, we are and then we you have a good weekend as well you get to go to new orleans so everybody's everybody's a winner you know
1: yeah but that's nice it's a um <laughs> after tra- traveling to tampa last week uh and things like that and uh and all season long, it is nice to uh, hop on the road and only have an hour and a half, two-hour drive. So looking forward to it. Kind of wish we were playing for a playoff spot, but it uh, wasn't meant to be. Uh, but I still think there's a, a lot for both teams to play for. And uh, I truly believe it won't be a get-through-it type of game. I, I think it will certainly be a, a very entertaining game that both teams are looking forward to win and get some momentum going into the offseason.
0: Well, let's dive into it. There's some there's some non panther specific things I want to talk about about as well some nfl news and whatnot but let's talk about the game i think tampa game we can just move on from lost opportunity i mean if you you were there with boots on the ground if you want to mention it but i'll how do you expand on what you said about the saints game touch on tampa if you'd like jake if not i'm good with that T- talk about what you said about the saints game and just kind of that last game mindset when you're a player knowing you're not going on to the playoffs I mean that's a it's a unique feeling in the locker room that last week.
1: Yeah it is Jordan just a uh, a snippet on Tampa. Love the way our team came out to play, getting the ball driving down, scoring first drive, uh up 21-10 into the fourth and you know I just think um some injuries caught up with us i was very worried going into the game uh about covering their receivers because losing uh dante earlier in the season and then jc horn and um you know it came back to bite us and uh tom will make you pay and he had three open guys on goal routes and he hit them dead in stride um so it's just one of those deals but proud of our effort i thought we fought hard and Uh, at least to put ourselves in a position to play a meaningful game that late in the season. So it was difficult, Jordan. And now we get to go into this weekend with both teams really not playing for anything. But if you kind of take a step back and look at it, the Saints are playing for a lot because there's speculation there could be some turmoil there with their head coach and Dennis Allen and what could happen there. And the Saints are really playing fantastic football right now. Went to Philadelphia last week, and I understand Jalen Hurts uh, did not play. But what they did offensively against that Philly defense and how they shut down the Philly offense, uh, it's pretty impressive. Uh, What they did the week before in um, suboptimal conditions in Cleveland, Uh, they're playing really good football. And they should have beaten Tampa on the Monday night football game before their bye. They should be on like a five game winning streak. Um, they just had some bonehead plays by a couple of players that prevented them from playing for the division title this weekend, to be quite honest. And it's a team that has gotten some players back and um, they're good, man. They're, they're a good, solid football team. We beat them earlier in the season. So that measure of re- re- revenge will be there. On the flip side, the Panthers, I truly believe this team is going to play lights out this weekend and for two two reasons, and it's two words, Steve Wilks. I think they want to give this man every opportunity to be the head coach of the Carolina Panthers moving forward, Um, and I think you'll see this team play as good as they can this weekend for Steve Wilks, and so I truly believe it's two teams that are not packing it in. Um, They're looking to accomplish something out of this game, um and I'm, I'm excited to call it to be very honest jordan that's that's kind of how i see it i don't know if you agree with me uh in that regard but uh that's what i that's how i see it
0: no i definitely see it that way i, I think the the end of season mindset when you know especially this game when you know you're not playing in the playoffs and you know the team you're playing against isn't playing in the playoffs it's just a different feel jake and it's not like a for me it was never a let's get it over with type of thing it's kind of like a well, let's go see what happens. You know, like you said, Jake, there's lots to play for. You're going to play hard, but it just feels different knowing there's no tomorrow. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah. I would sometimes – I would I would play, like, a little more – not reckless, but, like, I'd, I'd, I'd have more fun at times in this game. Run downfield a little bit extra, jaw with the other team a little bit more, whatever, you know what I mean? Just because it's like there's a bit of an exhale knowing the, the pressure's off or, or whatever there is to it, and especially – At New Orleans, it's a fun away game. The crowd will still be hot in New Orleans. The dome's loud and nasty. You stay always right down there, somewhere near Bourbon Street. So, I agree with you, Jake. And there's a couple, there's a couple milestones here. I'm I'm looking at Panthers.com. Brian Burns needs two and a half sacks to tie Kevin Green and Greg Hardy's franchise record for 15 in a season. Doable, maybe, huh, Jake? Like that's that's something for Brian Burns. Knowing he's got, you know, if I'm if I'm Al Holcomb, I'm dialing up as many one-on-ones as I can to try to get Brian Burns there. What do you think?
1: I agree agree with you, Jordan. And I think you're going to see, one, I haven't seen Brian ever kind of shut it down, you know? And so I'm assuming you're going to see, like you said, I I truly believe coaches, they try to help guys in those situations. And not only that, the players also, they truly want – their their fellow teammates especially ones that they respect and brian burns falls in that category they want those guys to accomplish those milestones and the saints have they're, they're pretty beat up on the offensive line they've had a a decent amount of injuries and i'm not exactly sure uh how they will line up on the offensive line we won't know till an actives come out so uh, 90 minutes before the game so i definitely could see that because um there's an opportunity uh, to, to get some sacks. Now, I think the Saints are going to try to run it on us and, and use the Taysom Hill effect and line him up in the backfield and run quarterback power and things of that nature with him. Uh, but he's been a little limited. So it's, um, you know, it th- th- those are going to be fun things to watch. Well, and Brian Burns, who's been
0: building up a heck of a resume to go into a lucrative contract in the near future, I would have to think, Getting close to the franchise record would not be a bad way to go into the offseason. All right, another one. DJ Moore needs 122 receiving yards to have his fourth consecutive 1,000-yard receiving season. I think that's that's quietly been done. You know, I, I know we all think highly of DJ, but it seems like there's been times, that multiple times we've addressed and other people have addressed his lack of production, lack of opportunities to get him the ball. But yeah, here he is within arm's reach of a 1,000-yard season, that'd be pretty cool for McAdoo and
1: Darnold to kind of have that on their radar. Hey, let's try
0: to get the ball to DJ as much as we can this week.
1: Well, I think that's a, I think that's a win-win every week for us. And, uh, I thought he made some plays for us last week uh, when given the opportunity. And um, one thing that I even said it during the broadcast, it kind of gave me chills. We just went under center. It was a running play. We said hut. We took the ball and we threw it horizontally directly the dj immediately it wasn't a screen or anything it was just the smoke and how many times did we run smoke with steve smith and Musin muhammad oh my god that was our rpo we had it tagged on every single running play except power and the only reason because in the power the guard would pull and you didn't want to get hit um so That's something that um, we need to get him the ball early and often. And what a great matchup. Marcus Lattimore has missed like 10 or 11 games, came back last week, did a great job in Philly, and actually had a pick six. Um, So that's something that I'm assuming he's going to be ready to go and play. And you know those two guys. There's got to be a professional respect for each other but also a professional hatred because it's a division game. And that's what division games are. So uh, that matchup is going to be very intriguing for me
0: smoke just for a little more clarity as and you you described it as an RPO so smoke would be we'd have like you know simple terms we'd have zone rights called zone right smoke so you'd look out there and if what did you need five or seven yards depth from the corner off of Steve you would just turn yes. and throw the ball to him right so as a redeployment. that's it I got not you,
1: only that Jordan if they're pressed man to man we had a little signal or two that it was an automatic a one-step fade and how many times yep. we were able to do that. So it's a uh, it's a great get-out-of-jail-free card for a run game and or quarterback.
0: It was always funny as an O-lineman because you don't know. I, I, I'm i not taking the time to look out there and then decide, hey, do you think he's going to throw the smoke? I don't know. You know what I mean? So it was always funny when we had like a toss or something real vertical, real horizontal away from me. So as a tackle, I was in a bit of a panic knowing I got to get to a linebacker who's already out leveraged me, ball side, you know what I mean? So I'd ah, set hut and I would get flat. Like I'm sprinting as fast as my 305 pounds can go. And about two steps into it, the linebacker would just fly the other way because you threw the smoke like back to my left, you know, and I'm running right and I'd be like, oh, thank God he threw the smoke. (laughs) I was like, when when I get graded by my line coach, it's like, oh, plus – Because I've been able to do anything. So that was my favorite play, Jake. Thank you. I I don't know if I ever thanked you for that.
1: (laughs) Well, absolutely. Uh, And I used to uh, always thank the receivers because it's – listen, those cornerbacks are on an island. It's one-on-one. And with Steve, if that didn't scare you enough being one-on-one, and then Moose – like we did – I remember, vividly remember one in New Orleans. We're on the eight-yard line. The cornerback's lined up on the one. I said, I'm throwing it to him. Moose took it, yep. stared at the corner, and ran directly through his chest and pushed him into the end zone for a, touch, for a touchdown.
0: Moose was uh, Moose was a beast, man. I, I still think about from time to time him blocking on our toss plays and all that, the things that he would do out there on the on the sidelines, man. Just – just a lot of fun. All right, you mentioned Steve, okay? Uh, he was in the 28 finalists for the Hall of Fame, right? And then this week, the f- final 28 for the Hall of Fame. You and I both were on the 120-something. We've talked openly about how that's as far as we're going to get, <laughs> in our opinion. There was 28 semifinalists in November, and then just this week, they broke it down to 15, going into uh, the at least the maximum 5 we'll get in the Hall of Fame this year. So I just want to spend a little time on it. Steve Smith did not make it, okay? And I know you and I have talked about there's a lot of receivers. The ones that did make it, Torrey Holt, Reggie Wayne, Andre Johnson, trying to see if there's anybody else. Devin Hester, who is, you know, he's a return guy. Where do you think Steve We – he'll get there, in my opinion. I mean, he has to. He has to get there. Were you surprised he didn't make the finalists this time? Uh,
1: Jordan, I am. I, um, I think you can tell in my voice how disappointed I am. I just I, – I truly – it's like I question the voters. I'll be very honest with you. Like, did you really watch Carolina Panther football? Uh, it's very simple. I think if Steve – if we played in a, in a bigger market, whatever it may be, New York uh, market or the Philadelphia market or the Dallas market, listen, I'm sorry. I just – I believe there's a bias. And, and I'm not backing down from that. I just don't think uh, – I don't think guys did enough homework. And listen, I think Reggie Wayne's a great football player. There's no doubt. Um, but he was – they were always in the primetime game. They were always in the spotlight due to Peyton Manning and or Marvin Harrison and those football teams. You know, I, I believe that. Tory Holt, the greatest show on turf. Isaac Bruce, a fellow Hall of Famer. Uh, you know, you had Kurt Warner, Hall of Fame quarterback. So I just believe that, that they were kind of more in in the prime time. Now, Andre Johnson uh, did not have a, a great deal of success team-wise in Houston, and he was there – Pretty much their only guy, and he put up some outstanding numbers. And I played with Andre at the end of my career, and he was a special talent. But I'm I'm very bullish and I'm very biased on Steve Smith. Uh, I just I'll say it again. I just don't think all these voters are doing their homework. I'm I'm sorry.
0: Well, and his stats line up. I mean, I don't have them in front of me. I could do that if needed. But his stats line up with all these guys. But then, like you know, it there was no receiver that caused so much fear in the secondary and linebackers that they were going against as Steve. I mean, he's he he truly revolutionized that position by showing you can be a little returner. You know, that's what he was brought in the league to do and become a Hall of Fame-level receiver. And just like until you were around that guy and saw the chip on his shoulder and the attitude that he played with, man, you just – you don't know how good he was. And just like you said, he – I played with him all the way. We were teammates for 13 seasons, Jake, starting in college. Incredible, incredible football player. So it's, but, you know, you could kind of throw him in. You know, Zach Thomas, linebacker, <clears throat> mostly known for the Dolphins, had a year with the Cowboys to end his career. He's been waiting. And Zach Thomas made 10 straight Pro Bowls, six first-team All-Pros, and he hasn't gotten in yet. So it's, it's a weird deal, Jake. You know that there's some level of, I'm not saying it's like, tainted but it's like like just like you said the market and the exposure uh, you just don't know
1: yeah and, and and jordan listen i'm um i just think this this has always been and it's just let's say it's my criteria if i was voting we you ask any defensive coordinator steve smith from year one and two they were petrified special teams coordinators of him as a return man, that it was predicated, their return or their kick, kick return, punt return, they were predicated on stopping Steve Smith returning. From year three on, I can promise you, every defensive coordinator, when they started on Monday, breaking down the film, when the game plan, stop 89. That is number one, and that lasted for well over a decade. To me, if that's not a Hall of Famer, I don't know what is. There are some guys in there, very good football players, that we did not game plan around, Jordan, and you knew who they were. We ran our system no matter what. And I just think Steve was a guy, you ask any D coordinator he's ever played against. Even at the end, Jordan, his last year, he comes back from an Achilles injury in Baltimore. He's their number one guy, and he's still making play after play. So that's why it just it truly bothers me and I'll say it again, I just do not think these voters truly put in some of the time that they need to on something like this.
0: No, you're exactly right. And and recently, a couple of years ago, I have to have to share this. Steve Smith for NFL.com was asked to pin an article about his top his favorite teammates. And I made the list at number one
1: and it made me cry.
0: I'm just gonna tell you that right (laughs) now.
1: (laughs) Well, that's awesome. And you know what? He always and, and you remember and listen, this is the, the Panther podcast and it's we're going on the Steve Smith, uh, Steve uh, Smith tour. But I think we should, you know, Jordan, Steve would always say and he'd holler JG before every game, like right in the huddle or right when we went the tunnel coming out. I remember that vividly, you know, and uh, yeah. it was always great and comforting knowing that, hey, 89's got a Panther helmet on today.
0: Isn't it funny, like you and I, I and mean, we're on a tangent, but it's kind of the point in the season where we can do this. Isn't it crazy you don't realize how much you're, the relationships mean? And some of them that are really important while you're a player, maybe you don't keep in touch as much when you move on. Some of the old line guys that I just, I still cherish, I just don't talk to for whatever reason. But like you and I, you know, we were always close Uh, on the team but we didn't spend a ton of time together off the field and now through this podcast and whatnot we kind of maintaining that that relationship but reflection is such a neat thing as you move past your career and the years pile up between when you played and when you don't just to see how special those moments were and I just you know that like that JG thing I forgot about it so you just said it it's making me smile right now man so thank you for that all right last thing um, I got before you know, I get back to the sand and the swimming pool here is, where we at on the coaching position, okay? Derek, yeah, Brown said, Jordan. Derek, yeah, Derek Brown said, hey, we want Wilkes as our coach. He said that on TV. Let it be known. I'm sure that's a, a group decision that it sure smells like that's what the team wants when you're around them like you and I have been. There's the, the report that we talked to Coach Harbaugh this week, you know, from Michigan. There has to be other coaches involved just to, for due process. But winning that game, I think, last week, Wilkes is the man. You lose that game, now who knows? How do you see it, Jake?
1: Yeah, Jordan, I'm like you. Um, certainly, um, I'm definitely not privy to any information. And Mr. Tepper, look, it's, it's his team. And he's going to decide. Um, uh, and I'm not sure if that's – a a team of him and Scott Fitterer, and and, and that's how they decide or, or whatnot. But uh, I, I definitely think, um, listen, let's be very honest here. When it first happened after the San Fran game and Steve was named the interim, I don't think anyone and maybe not many people in that building thought he probably had a chance to keep this long term. But the way he's handled this, the way this team has improved, playing three different quarterbacks due to injury, And just the way this team has battled and fought, he has given himself every opportunity, not only in Carolina, but somewhere else in the National Football League because he was not given a chance in Arizona. Very simple. Um, And I don't know, Jordan. This league, you see all the hot names and and names being thrown out, and everything's offensive-minded because that's the way this game is skewed uh, for the offensive side of the football. So they want the young, hot coordinator and things of that nature And so, um, you know, it depends on it depends on how I guess how he interviews, what's his plan going forward and things like that. I'm not I'm not sure, Jordan, but I think he's giving himself a chance and guys are saying they want him. And I think the thing that I take away from this is that you, you hear the word players coach. And is he buddy buddy with these guys? Well, I don't know if Steve Wilkes is too buddy-buddy with anybody on that team. It is a head coach, and he is getting this team ready to play. He's not afraid to call guys out from things I've been told, and it's not in a derogatory way. It's in a factual way, and they respect that and what he expects out of them, and he tries to put them in the best possible situation. So the job he's done has been admirable. I'm assuming he'll get a good look. Whether or not he gets it, I can't answer that, but he has put himself in position to be – On the list of potential head coaching candidates in the NFL because there's no doubt 100% he can do it and he can lead a team because I've seen it kind of with my own eyes.
0: Well, there's certain value in the continuity of moving forward with the staff that we have, and the you know if if he was to get the job, the the day he's hired, there's not going to have to be these sweeping changes. You know what I mean? He might he's already made changes to his staff. You got to think that he likes the direction that you know McAdoo and and. Darnold and whatever else you know that's for the off season to discuss there Jake but the, the players and the comfort they could go home for the offseason knowing that hires made all right I know what this is going to be like when we get back a new head coach comes in he's gonna you know there's gonna be a lot of turmoil rolling all the way into next training camp so it'll be fun to watch as you said Jake I think he's done an outstanding job and I am excited to see where he lands I sure hope it's in Carolina so we'll see hey you have fun um down there in New Orleans jake and i'm looking forward to watching you from a tiki bar or something like or listening to you from a tiki bar something like that down here uh and next week we're on to the off season man talking playoffs so it's still an exciting time in the nfl lots to discuss and more as we move into the postseason but um jake Nice job doing the Jordan and Jake podcast. And as you know, we are powered by Ortho Carolina. When it comes to your orthopedic care, choose better by choosing Ortho Carolina. With over 40 locations throughout the Carolinas, you're never far from one of the nation's leading providers of care for joints, muscles, and other orthopedic injuries. When things look bad, it's important to know you have a choice, but there's only one better choice Ortho Carolina, official team physician of the Carolina Panthers. All right, Jake, be
1: good. Take care. Shoo, <laughs> shoo.